Good morning, listener. Welcome to Nasco Moments. How many times have you washed your hands today? Remember, always stay safe. I'm Hudungyang, your host. On the show today, we'll discuss methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent-child relationship. One of the greatest titles in the world, according to an American author, Jim Dement, is a parent. He goes further to say that one of the biggest blessings in the world is to have parents. Parenting, no doubt, is the biggest responsibility one can take up. It would therefore not be an understatement to say the future of all children lies in the hands of parents. The journey to good parenting may appear to be tough, but at the end, it can be very rewarding. Sadly, however, for some parents, a wide gap exists between them and the children due to certain actions or inactions. This often results to far-reaching consequences on both the parents and the children. Apart from the lack of bonding between them, the children usually end up as societal misfits. Today on the Nasco Women's Radio Show, we shall be looking at the methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent-child relationship. Our guest is Pastor Solomon Amao, counselor, theology teacher, and faculty member Joss Ekwa Theological Seminary. It's good to have you once again, Pastor Solomon Amao. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. This show will return after this break. Now fortified with essential vitamins and minerals. NASCO Conflicts, nourishing goodness anytime. Welcome back to NASCO Moments. I'm Hudungyang. We're talking about methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent child relationship. Our guest is Pastor Solomon Amao, who is a counselor, theology teacher, and faculty member Joss Egbert Theological Seminary. Now let's start the conversation this way. Um, Pastor Mao, can you give the listener a sense of the ideal role of a parent? I, I want to say for me, I just want to use one word. The ideal role of parent is a moral compass. There are many other ways you can look at it. You can say it's a model, you can say as a teacher, you can say as a, every other thing, but as a compass, can we begin to look at parents as moral compasses that will help our children to look at how to live lives? Have you noticed how, as parents, our children mimic uh, almost everything, particularly at younger age, until they start growing independent of us? They mimic almost everything. And you hear a child say, that's how my father does it. You hear a child say, that's how my mother does it. Because we are compasses for our children. That's a huge role indeed. Now, what are the responsibilities of a parent to a child and vice versa? I'll start by saying the, the parent, like we say, is a model, a compass, but it's a provider. Now, provider, I mean, if we limit provide, providing, it's not to finances, it's not to school fees. We provide guidance, we provide example, we provide platform, platform 
for the child to make mistakes and come back and learn from. We provide a platform for the child to stand on until he can stand or she can stand on her own two feet. So we provide is to provide issues. We provide uh, direction. We provide safety. We provide a safety zone where children can crawl. It, let's look at the time child crawls, falls, stand up, learns. We provide safety net until the child is independent enough to face the world. But again, we always encourage parents to allow children to grow independent of them, not continuously dependent. The role of the children, for me, is a lot about being a student, an observer, a learner. Actually, the word uh, disciple can also work very well. In whatever context you want to use it, a follower, uh, um, something that you pattern after something you have learned because that thing is good to follow. That's who a child should be as a student, a learner. And then uh, of the parent. What are the benefits of forging and fostering a healthy parent-child relationship? Well, one of the first things is that you it guarantees or close to guarantee healthy followership, healthy future of the children also. One of the things I remember we always see, and I think it's one of the things you have said before in a similar program to this, that this is not maybe. Um, it is being observed and, and, and documented that children from healthy, stable homes tend to usually also have healthy, stable homes. And this is just clear uh, that you don't pick parenting skills on the main road. You can learn many other things on the main road. You don't pick parenting skills. You find out that children who stayed under stable parents just somehow, somehow, don't know why, but also learn to be stable in their own marriages. And the other thing you see is um, it gives confidence. It gives confidence for the children um, to go out and they don't have one of the things we guide also is you want to avoid superiority complex but also inferiority complex. You want to you want to teach children to also have the right values for their own lives. And that and, and in a healthy home, the child will learn the right values for his, his or her own life, but also the right values for other people's lives. So you see that we actually address a lot of issues. One of the things the parents will benefit is the the, the joy the joy of mentoring others and the peace that you have when you grow old because it's only a person that has raised got good children that is assured of peace of mind in future uh, except one wants to be callous and closes his mind to whatever happens to the children in future nobody wants to have children that are problematic in future so these are the ways things should be done okay now what in your view is the consequence of not forging a strong relationship between a parent and a child. Again, I will just use one phrase. If there is no strong relationship between parent and child, yet yes, the parents are alive, but that child is a psychological orphan. Um, the orphanage is not uh, being an orphan is not about lack of uh, the absence of biological uh, parents. Actually, there are people who did not have biological parents alive. Or were adopted or taken over, their care were taken over by other people older than them, and they were taught well, and some became some of the best leaders in the country today. So, 
the being bereft of biological parents is not the, is not the worst thing that can happen to a person. He's being bereft of psychological parents, emotional parents, leaders that can give us uh, that can give children moral compasses, modeling and examples to follow. That is the major consequence. The other major consequence is that the lives of such children get derailed. They constitute problems to the society in the future. They become problems to everybody. They are problems. They are not useful to the society. They are not useful to themselves. They are not useful to the families. They increase the problems of the world. And it's, it's just, it's actually a vicious circle. The moment the, something is broken, the circle is unendless. Now, um, what signs can be noticed that would indicate that the parent-child relationship is not strong or cordial? Interestingly, they are sub some, most of them are subtle. Most times people look for rebellion. So I will admit there is rebellion. I will admit there is defiance. I will admit there is truancy and all of those things. But they start subtly. You start seeing simple things like uh, lack of respect. You can start seeing uh, the, the, the um, uh, 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 distancing. Actually, somebody said something. He, he said somebody said something that when you have to shout at somebody, even if you are close to the person, it's because you are psychologically far from the person. If you are close to somebody, there's no need to shout. So you start seeing signs of the signs of rebellion are too many. They they indicate the relationship is not working. One of the things I've learned to uh, enjoy with some of our, our own last child now is just like I discovered that even when he does wrong and I reprimind him, then for the next one hour he's trying to please me to get back to my good books. And that makes me know that uh, I am still grateful that yes, it's not about the child doing right or wrong all the time. It's not possible for a child to do right all the time. But there's still an attitude of okay, um, I'm wrong. And realizing that the child is wrong. And when what you just see is that there's a distance, there's a psychological, emotional distance between the parent and the child. All right, listener, thank you for staying tuned. Uh, we shall be back on the NASCO Movement Show. Bright text, white detergent, bright text. Bright text, white detergent, bright text. For your brightest wash, bright text. For your brightest wash, Ever since I discovered the secret of Brightex white detergent, my clothes come fresh, bright and clean always. It's mild on clothes and good for my washing machine. Thank you, Brightex. Brightex detergent cleans deep stains and dirt from your clothes, keeping it fresh and bright so your clothes don't fade. It lasts longer. Brightex white detergent, a quality product from NASCO. Take the Brightex advantage today and keep your clothes fresh, bright and clean. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Welcome back, listener. My name is Hudun Gang and this is NASCO Moments. We're talking about methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent-child relationship. Our guest is Pastor Solomon Amao, counselor, theology teacher, and faculty member at Joss Equa Theological Seminary. Now, Pastor, in Nigeria today, what is your assessment of the relationship between parents and their children? I will say very, very discouraging. Very, very discouraging. I just don't want to use negative words because, again, you cannot generalize. There will still be homes where things have been done fairly well. 
And we're not talking about perfect parenting. We're just talking about faithful parenting. Because it's still possible for the parents to do everything. And, and the children still don't turn out exactly the way the parents want. So we don't talk about perfect parenting. We talk about faithful parenting. But what I, it, it, the assessment right now will be that the relationship is, is, is not good at all. It's not good at all. You see a disconnect between parents and children. There are situations that have brought some of them about. You see um, deaths um, due to sickness, due to wars, and you see a lot of things. But you see now a lot more many children roaming about the streets. Uh, their parents may be alive or not alive, but even when their parents are alive, you see a lot of negligence, and that is discouraging. And the results are clear for all of us to see. The rate in crime is increasing, the rate in drug abuse is increasing, the rate in all vices and crimes, juvenile delinquencies, is increasing. That's a direct result of the fact that uh, the, the present generation of parents have not been able to raise children that will behave like they did. But I'm wondering why. What is responsible for this state of affairs? I will still say it's, it's baffling. Let me quickly admit that it's baffling. Right now, parents spend more time to provide amenities, good schools, provide money, good cars, good um, some of the best schools, good clothes, good food, food, good everything, except for good moral values. And we we sort of put our focus and emphasis on trivial things that are material, material. Inculcating, uh, the other day we were talking about the value of uh, work, just work. Uh, look at what's happening now. Um, if, if, a, if a couple is rich, they get children, then they get households. Then their children never learn to even boil water or cook egg or, or even do sp uh, or spaghetti. And this age of marriage and can't boil, they never boil yam for one day uh, at home. And the household does all the work. Are those the right things? We are using, we are compensating for the absence of moral values, the physical values. I think we've lost the priorities, maybe one of the issues. The other issue is our society is getting wilder. It worries me. That's why I say it's a little baffling. Some of the things that we are not acceptable then are suddenly now, okay, that's not news. Um, it's happening everywhere. So there's a level of wildness that we are acclimatizing to and accepting as normal when we should be able to say, no, this is not normal. Now, what in your view um, should government uh, do to ensure the right environment for a beneficial parent-child relationship? I'm sure this would be important because we have stated before that uh, the family is the basic unit of society. Yeah, yes. Um, I would say good governance. And you wonder why I say good governance. If there's good governance in the land, then genuine efforts of everybody can earn enough to feed the family. Some of the things we are saying, the family is scattered. Um, the father has to work um, two jobs. Mother has to do extra job is because um, honest, genuine efforts may no longer feed the family now in the, in, with the current inflation rate in the country. So far, parents have to do extra work and uh, take a night job and add something else 
to make ends meet. Good governance where there's equity, where there's fairness, and where there's equal opportunity for everybody to thrive. It, it, see, these things have ripple effects on a lot of things. Um, good governance has to do with uh, remove corruption, remove nepotism, remove tribalism. Uh, today, uh, the way the country is run is, is not too okay for somebody who does not have uh, godfathers and cannot pull strings. And, okay, let, let me give you one of the issues that's worrisome to me, personally worrisome to me. Now you want to be very comfortable in Nigeria, you need to work with the government. The private sector is not well, there's no policies that protect the private sector. Okay, the government tries a lot. You, you are paying good salaries to government workers. The government worker is on uh, 250,000. But um, somebody in the private business is on 12,000, is on 15,000. They go to the same market. We need to also develop the private sector so that the public sector is not, the disparity between them is not too much. I also want to mention issue about uh, job policies. There are certain jobs that, uh, let me talk about in the military. The military, look at the way rate of transfers, movement from place to place. I have friends who work with the military, they are, uh, they are chaplains. Some of them have been transferred so many times that their children who are teenagers are still in primary school because by the time the child is about to finish primary two, is taken to another, the parents are transferred to another place. Then he has to start from primary one again. And then the child is 14, but he's still in primary five. And you're telling me this is good? It's going to affect, these are things that affect families. Government policies on transfers within the military may need to be looked into. Uh, we have some very bad situations. All right, now, um, can you suggest some methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent-child relationship? I will say the first thing is um, vulnerability. I keep mentioning vulnerability for one thing. The person you trust, the person you know is not trying to gain anything over you, can easily give you advice and you use it. Um, when parents are vulnerable to their children, vulnerable means open, vulnerable means you have integrity, Vulnerable means the children always meet the truth. Because, unfortunately, we also, the children also have many other teachers, in quotes. So if they can't find truth at home, to, to, to weigh and uh, to measure and to judge other truths they get from outside, they're going to believe anything. But you know, it's going to be very difficult if your, our children trust us, for somebody else to give them another truth to displace the one we have taught them. Uh, that's one of the first issues. The other thing is the listening ear. Uh, can we just listen? You see, part of the problem I have discovered in talking to parents and children in the context of family conflicts. Uh, let me explain this way. In a typical family, um, there are up to at least three generations in each family. It's a generation of the parents. Their value system, the language they use, the approach to life is different. Do you know that even among the children, there are two or three generations within the children. The firstborn and first and second look at the lastborns as different generations and treat them like kids. So, can we just listen? 
Listening here is one of the biggest problems we have. We are, parents are quick to say, during our own days, we didn't do this. Well, sorry, this is not your days. Uh, your days passed. Can you listen to what this present day is talking? Can you understand the, the trial of temptations your children are facing? You probably didn't face them the same way they face. Can you just listen? And I want to use again trust. Uh, something happened in our home one day. And our older daughter said to my wife and said, Mommy, sometimes you ask me certain questions. It's not that I'm afraid of you. It's because I already made up my life, mind how to be honest and how to be faithful. I want you to trust me. Do you know that the truth? Our children are asking us to trust them. I'm not saying we should become fools, that they should deceive us. Uh, but we should also balance between investigating and we shouldn't do witch hunting. And then trust. Our people respond more to trust than they respond to distrust. If, if you trust me, I will work for you very hard. If you distrust me, I'm going to betray you anyway, since anyway you don't trust me. Trust is a big issue we have to let out to invest. So if the child has proven himself or herself to you, I think it will probably help if you can verbally tell the child, I trust you. Yes. Hmm. Alright, it's been interesting listening uh, to this conversation today, um, but any parting words uh, before we go? I would say parents need to invest more time in our children so that they don't fall prey. When we have the children, suddenly the society is after them, peer pressure is after them. We have to spend time to keep them away from pressures and from values that do not belong, that we do not share. And the only way, and they spend a lot of time in schools, spend a lot of time with friends. Can they also spend a lot of time with parents so that we can help maintain and balance the pressure so that they don't shift towards the values uh, we do not share. Mm. Wise words there from Pastor Solomon Amal. Thank you very much for sharing them with us. Welcome. Listener, I hope you've learned about methods and approaches to forge and foster an active and beneficial parent-child relationship. Thank you for being on the NASCO Moments Show. Remember to follow NASCO's social media handles for exciting information. Visit www.facebook.com slash NASCO Group. You can also freely send feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments Show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805 774-7777. On the Nazgul Moments trivia, the question this week is, what date did China introduce the three-child policy? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777. Include your full name and exact location. Our trivia question last week was, what is the name given to a condition in which a person unable to fully digest sugar or lactose in dairy products? The answer is lactose intolerance. Our winners are Okorie Chinoso from Anguldi and Christopher Samuel from Zawang. Congratulations. We'll call you and tell you how to claim your NASCO gift basket. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO Group was created by Unimark Limited Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, George Palm and Harun Audu. Production Coordinators, Solomon Audu, Deborah Galadima. 
Alex Rubin. Until next time, stay safe. Always wash your hands, wear your face mask, practice social distancing, and carry hand sanitizers with you. This is Nasco Moments. I am Rubin.